On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it's a crossover edition of the show where we bring in J.D. Hernandez of Locked On Anaheim Ducks to discuss this matchup, the futures of the young players and the youth movement that's going on in Southern California, them retaining Dallas Eakins until next season, and of course, we're going to talk some Ryan Getzloff all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Anaheim Ducks podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Ducks podcast your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Locked On Ducks feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com and the host of Locked On Panthers. And for people on the Panthers feed, I am very grateful to be doing this uh, crossover with the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. JD Hernandez. JD, how are you doing, my friend? I'm letting you take the lead right now because I'm I'm still not upset. I'm still trying to process the news that I heard about Dallas Egan. I'm still trying to process it. I'm also trying to process that the Ducks are mathematically eliminated again for the fourth consecutive season. Um, what's it like hosting a podcast with a playoff team? <laughs> um, It's it's pretty cool to, to to host the winning team, but also um, I, I it's it's funny because uh, the 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 first two seasons I've done it, it I've never got to experience the other end of it, and I could only imagine um, coming into a show uh, how sometimes it could probably be a little dreadful having to cover a team that lose that that loses. I mean, at, at least we're not uh, Robin Lianio and Carl Pavlik of Locked On Arizona Coyotes. I mean. And 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 the people from uh, locked on Canadians neither. So I mean, count our yeah, count our blessings. The a Canadians bit. at least made the Stanley Cup final last season. I mean, yeah. no one wants to cover the Phoenix Coyotes right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yell yeah. that now. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned um you met you 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 mentioned um Montreal um um being in the Stanley Cup final just last season, falling flat on their face uh, this year, and you also mentioned the news of. Dallas Eakins, original Florida Panther um, Dallas Eakins made um, in that 1993 season and Floridian from Dade City, Florida, just south of uh, Tampa. Uh, a yep. lot of people mix up Dade County and Dade City, two completely different places, by the way. Um, but yeah, Dallas Eakins is uh, uh, looking to be re- retained as the coach of the Anaheim Ducks. And um, doesn't sound like you're all too pleased about the news about Dallas Eakins. I mean, you want the truth or the brutal truth there because brutal no, truth. Let's go with brutal truth. Brutal truth. It it's not. It doesn't make me too thrilled because of what Dallas Eakins has done the past three seasons. Yes, he is a fantastic coach in the American Hockey League level, and I loved seeing him coach a lot of the young guys that are currently playing on the Ducks. He was fantastic with the San Diego Goals, and I've got nothing but respect for the job that he did with those young kids in San Diego. He's good at developing in the AHL level. I have a great deal of respect for him for how he handled 
the humble tragedy, which is now just had its anniversary recently, the way that he has a good environment around the team, that's positive. With that being said, um, these last couple of years have been trying for Ducks fans, especially for Ducks fans that love the phenomenon, like the phenom that is Trevor Zegris. I mean, first off, how can you not love Zegris? I mean, come on. All those highlight reel goals. I could go down the list of Trevor Zegris highlight goals. So I'm going to imagine a list to my right. Let's look at the top of that list. Top of that list is the Flying Z goal. Best goal of the season, in my opinion. Then you have two right next to that. The lacrosse-style goals. The one I loved was the one at Montreal. That was my favorite one out of the two. Then you had that Spinorama goal last week, which was amazing. The attempted Michigan goal at Carolina over the weekend. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you have Dallas Eakins, who likes to stunt his growth, per se, by benching him last season, by benching him earlier this season, by having him as a healthy scratch early this season. Why? Why healthy scratch him? And then separating him from one of his buddies, Sonny Milano, who was the receiving end of that flying Z assist, and not putting Zegris in the best positions to succeed and grow and develop. That's been the major sticking point with Dallas Eakins, which is why I also kind of jokingly, but kind like I kind of jokingly said like, oh, Zegris is going to not play every game this season. He's going to play a little amount of games. He's going to get benched. I mean, partially right that he didn't play every game this season and that he did get partially benched this season. I, that was kind of said tongue in cheek. But the reason I said all those things was because of I was afraid that Dallas Eakins was going to just not let him play, which is partially true. I mean, give us the TMZ line. Give give the fans what they want. Give them the Terry Milano Zegris line. Don't put Derek Grant on there because Derek Grant is going to take all the faceoffs. And instead of having Zegris take all those faceoffs, let the kid learn. Or as I say all the time, hashtag. Let the kids play. Let mm. the kids play. <sighs> and, and lots of youth on that Anaheim Ducks team. I mean, just looking at just looking at Trevor Zegers, fifty four points in um, in uh, sixty seven um, games. Um, and um, from if my math is correct, um, Ducks playing seventy four, so healthy scratching them at least uh, um, seven of those of, of, of those games. Or uh, has no, he, he been sent down this no, year? I'll, I'll correct that. He was healthy scratched twice. Other times he was out because of COVID. Ah, got you. Okay, so that yeah, that was the situation for uh, Trevor Zegers. And yeah, the the first one was that uh, Milano, um, the, the the Milano assist right behind the net in Buffalo. That was that that one for me was my favorite one. I think it was my favorite one because it was the first one of it, and that's yeah. what really sent the shockwaves to the world. And then you have. Uh, John Tortorella at the time, and then recently in Arizona, uh, Tyson Nash with that whole situation um, going after Trevor Zegras, and I'm on the side of the players, uh, just skilling like skilling it up. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with skilling it up. That's for that's for sure. Um, and also, um, what what happened with, um, the other day with uh, Jay Bugle, what what he did on uh, Troy Terry. Um, what's the status on Troy Terry's uh, health after everything? Troy Terry is back playing, thank goodness. So Terry's back. He did score a goal 
in fact, on Sunday's game at Carolina. So Terry's back. Yay. He was out. Hmm. Didn't like that. Jay Beagle didn't even get a fine. Can you believe that? Beagle didn't even get a hearing. Nothing. Nada. Could you see why I dislike the Coyotes so much? Mm -hmm. That's only a small part of it. Uh, maybe stuff off and on and off the ice about how they do business, but yeah, uh, you have you have a uh, pretty good reasons um, for for that. Yeah, and at, le at least Terry's back. At least Terry's back scoring, and you know the the guys are back. Even Getzloff, he's back from his injuries. Which, by the way, I, I know Ryan Getzloff retiring at the end of the season. He's a future Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, don't don't kid yourselves coach if you think Ryan Getzloff isn't a Hall of Famer or, or isn't one of the most popular Ducks in franchise history he absolutely is franchise leader in points franchise leader by far in assists I mean come on you mm -hmm. have to at least put some respect on Ryan Getzloff's name right absolutely and um uh playing playing all those years winning a Stanley Cup in um 2007 um right now I'm seeing right in front of me um 1013 points in 1151 games um a lot of praise from Corey Perry uh coming uh Ryan Getzlaff's way and all the years that they spent together so definitely one person who's gonna definitely be remembered uh in in Anaheim for for all for all those years and being the captain yeah. I mean what was the year that he what, what what was the exact year that he got the C the C on his jersey do you remember 2010 wow so so he's been a captain for that long so yeah, well yeah, deserved. Well deserved captain for for sure. Um, well, well people definitely... don't remember, he was a runner up for the heart in 2014. Mm -hmm. People forget about the dominant year that he had in 2014, but no one talks about it. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, he was good for a while. Like, no, he was dominant for a couple of years there. Don't like people just forgot that. Conveniently, people forget that the Ducks won five consecutive divisions. I mean, people forget about that because they also lost at home on game seven for consecutive seasons. So yeah, that and, kind of overlooks that. And just looking up that that year that he um got runner up for the heart, that that was a year that um he um was right behind Sidney Crosby, five first place votes where while Crosby got 128 in that in that season. So just Right, right behind uh, Sidney Crosby, but still being a runner-up for the heart, still a, still um, a great accomplishment for someone yeah, like to, Ryan Getzlaff. To be fair, that was a dominant season for Sidney Crosby. He deserved that award by far, mm -hmm. by far. For, and people for sure. also forget that was the last season of Tamu Solani. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the passing of the torch season. I felt like mm -hmm. so. Got to give props to Getzy. I mean, it, it's sad that he's retiring, but I understand why. And you know what? Florida gets to see Getsy one more time. He is expected to play at Florida. And you can bet he's going to play that game at Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. He wants to play against one of his best friends in Corey Perry. Uh, I mean, definitely want to see that. Definitely want to see that. Um, I mean, you've um, seen those interviews. Like they're they're close to crying every time they talk about each other mm -hmm. on multiple interviews, including this past weekend. Mm -hmm. They love each other. Oh yeah. And definitely something that I'll uh, tune in for sure after um, Florida and Anaheim um, fa um, face each other on, on Tuesday. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where um, JD will be putting me on the floor on Florida Panthers uh, related questions. But first, 
we're going to tell you all about Shady Rays. And Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 glasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection for every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens. Give them a try and you don't and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America. When you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners, head to shadyrays.com and use promo code locked on to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized glasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 155, excuse me, 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Awesome, awesome. And by the way, this podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online, which is where the game starts. Bet Online has the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, which I'm sure you're excited about down in Miami, the Miami Heat. Uh, aren't they the number one seed in the East? Mm-hmm. Two number one seeds in the same region. Yeah, how about that? And the start of baseball season, but baseball's still dead to me. But the NBA playoffs, you got to be excited about that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the Family Cup playoffs. Yeah, two yeah. number one seeds. Yeah, and you know, BetOnline.com, I mean, they just have the latest props, odds, and lines. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, including the hot Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers. And hey, if you're a SoCal fan, how about, I don't know, NBA Plus? I mean, the Clippers are in it. Yeah, yeah. You're the AC. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's something. There's baseball. The Angels and the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Once again, Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. And by gamble responsibly, I mean don't put any money on the Coyotes. And <laughs> maybe if you're smart, maybe bet on the Panthers for this next game because looking at tomorrow's lines, the Panthers are the favorite by far, minus 420. Florida's probably going to win this. But just a quick little betting line. The over-under is six and a half goals. I'm inclined to go over on this one. (laughs) I've seen Florida play a lot this season. I know what's probably going to happen is Florida's going to allow the Ducks to score three goals. Uh, Stolarz will probably get the start because, you know, that's what happens. The Ducks will score three goals. Zegers will probably score one. He'll probably score a spectacular goal. They'll go up 3 nothing, And then Florida will invariably come back from the depths of wherever they come from every time this happens and win it 4-3 to three or 5-4, to four, some, something stupid like that. Which leads me to my first kind of thing that I want to ask. What? What is going on with the Panthers and these late-game comebacks? I mean... I mean, I watch these games live, and my first reaction, we have a little group chat, and my reaction is always like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, explain this. It's funny because in the middle of the games while they're going on, I don't check that chat at all. So I'm not, I don't see it until after the game. Um, 
so while I'm in the middle of uh, work, working, and then I'm seeing all the reactions that people that you guys, the locked on hosts, my fellow colleagues, are talking about my team. So it kind of feels good going into that chat saying that. But at the same time, as a fan, as a follower of this team, it can be a little frustrating. I mean, it's happened five times this year and three times in the last like month um, that the that the Panthers have have done this. Um, twice it's happened in late November, early December, and then just. Um, Ottawa and then uh, New Jersey and then now Toronto um, happening all over again. And they're, they're the, the, the team they're, they're not, they even say it themselves that they, we can't be off um, to these uh, slower starts and expect to play catch up because when the postseason comes around um, there's um, you're, you're not going to find your, 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 if you find yourself in this position, um, good luck trying to come back. Cause the, the, the teams are a lot more skilled in the playoffs. That's for sure. And some of the teams that they've come back against aren't playoff teams. I mean, Buffalo is one of them. Ottawa is the other. New Jersey, um, of course, but they Toronto. did. Yeah, but but they did it against Toronto and Washington. They were able to do it. Um, but I, I I'm not I'm not counting on that to be a thing um, for the playoffs. I mean, sure, if it happens again um, in the playoffs, I'm gonna tell myself, okay, this game's not over. But literally, I'll I'll be like this trying to bite my nails uh no you won't i don't believe you <laughs> I, I i no for real i'm when playoff intensity is a different type of uh different type of level and a different type of mindset going in and uh i'll, I'll be a little nervous if that happens during the playoffs um but of course i'll also tell myself that they won't be out of it neither oh rats <laughs> <laughs> that was intended um i guess my next thing that i have to talk about I mean, yes, you brought up the Toronto comeback, which part of me kind of loves because the first thing I put in the chat room was leaf blowers. Or no, I put a give up a leaf blower in there. Um, that feels like the victory that I think could be the catalyst for an upcoming playoff run because that's a good team in Toronto, albeit they haven't won a first round in a long time. It's been 18 years since the Maple Leafs won a round in the playoffs. So for them to blow that lead, I can kind of take it with a grain of salt, but you got to think that's the moment where you could say this team could make a deep run against a quality playoff team that that believes they can go far. Toronto believes they can go far. I don't believe it, but that kind of feels like it can be a real bonding moment for this team. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And and it's funny because the NHL world maybe might notice that comeback more for the Florida Panthers, not really the Florida Panthers, maybe partially the Florida Panthers coming back, but all, other people might also see it as, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs blew the leads because with that fan base and that big of a market that Toronto is, they're under a little bit of a microscope. I'm trying to aim this at my camera properly. Uh, there they're, under, they're under a little bit of a microscope more than, than Florida is. And if they, and you said you said um, you said eighteen years with Toronto. It's been twenty six for the Panthers. Not 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 a playoff series since ninety six. So these are the two teams that still haven't won since the 04-05 lockout. So these are two teams that are trying to get over the hump. And if they if they end up facing against one another in in a round, the storylines coming out of that are going to be like coming. <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot. And of course more pressure is going to be on Toronto than Florida. I already know that. 20, 26 years, you said? Mm-hmm. 1996. Oh, my God. Wait, so that one year when they made the cup final and the rats were raining down 
on the ice at Miami Arena. That was the last time. Yep, they made the playoffs in 97. The next year, 2000, um, went their recent playoff drought um, of 10 years was recently broken by the Sabres last week. Um, and then 2012, 2016, and 2021, 2022. That's, that's huh. it. But they wow. all got eliminated. They got eliminated early in the first round in all of them. Wow. That that seems I mean that is worse. Ooh. Wow. So I, I barely remember that 96 series. Like the only thing I remember was the rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because in our group chat, in our lockdown group chat, people say people say Scott Mellonby sucks. Scott Mellonby sucks. But I I even though I was only three years old when um the Florida Panthers made the uh, final in 96. I say, I, I say in my head, I'm like, Scott Mellonby is the reason behind the rat trick. I mean, like, yeah. co- come on now. He, he's a, he, he's a storied figure in, in this, uh, in this region, just based on that. And, uh, I believe it was John Van Breesbrook, um, who, who gave the nickname, the rat trick. And, um, yeah. I, I hear stories all about game four of the 96 final that it went, um, it was zero, zero in game four, triple overtime. Um, and, and just uh, how much of a how much it, the arena, the Miami arena at the time, echoed when 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 the Florida Panthers were were the team to talk about in town. I mean, it, as far as far as like the Miami Heat, they still hadn't arrived yet. Pat Riley only arrived in 1995, and and um, it was the year after. So the Florida Panthers at that time um, were kind of the talk of the town. I mean, the Marlins um, won the very next year in '97. So, so it, it was for a little bit of time, not, not long, but for a little bit of time, um, in that, in that little year ish, um, the Florida Panthers were, um, a team that was talked about. And of course, losing a move, um, a move up North, um, 45 minutes North, um, West of the city, um, owner, uh, changing owners, three different, three or four different times threatens to, um, threats to move. Now, with this ownership group who's been around since 2014, they're building a new uh, ice facility in downtown Fort Lauderdale. So it's going to replace their current uh, practice facility, which is in Coral Springs, which is like 45 minutes. Um, well, not 45 minutes, like um, like 25 minutes uh, north of FLA Live Arena. Um, so it's going to be a lot closer in a more neutral location. And who knows? We might see a new arena in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Who knows? Not, nothing official. And And this is just me. This is just me wishful thinking, but uh, now with how good this team is and the commitment to the community, um, what they're doing, it, it seems that the For- Florida Panthers are a team that's not going to go anywhere. At least I'm hoping. Um, my my last thing, it's looking like Florida is going to be a number one seed, probably overall in the playoffs, except for Colorado. They might win the president's trophy, but to have that number one overall seed in the East, it would look increasingly likely that florida would play the washington capitals in the first round um how do you go ahead to look at that matchup between the caps and the cats it's crazy because of course alex ovechkin tom wilson tj oshi um um kuznetsov um you you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh, firepower still in washington but I look at the goalie situation for um, Washington, um, Vitek, Vitek Vanacek and um, Sam Sonoff. Um, and with the way the Florida Panthers are score, I'm very confident that they could they could put um, they could put more 
on the other side versus what Washington's able to. And of course, um, Alexander Ovechkin going for that record of Wayne Gretzky, um, which will likely happen in like three more years, um, maybe four, um, to for him to catch up. Um, they just got to stay out of the penalty box because we know what we know what Alexander Ovechkin can do from the left circle on that on on a one timer that he's been doing yep. for years. People have been trying to find out how to stop him from that circle, but nobody's been able to figure him out. But um, there was a game where um, the Florida Panthers and Washington Capitals played, and most um, the Capitals scored a bunch of goal a, a bunch of goals, but none of it came out of that top line. Um, and the Florida Panthers were able to contain that um, Ovechkin line in one of the, one of their home games. I mean, they played all three games of their season series in one month, and that all came in November, so, which I don't necessarily like. I wish it was more spread out to see the differences in the team over a period of time and, of course, the season. But, yeah, it's going to be – if they do meet again, it's it'll be their first matchup since November that these um, two teams would meet. But um, the one one of the games that they they did play, they were able to stop um, Al- um, Alexander Ovechkin and limit him. And th- currently, in the same week, they were able to limit Austin Matthews and Roman Yossi in the same week. So yeah. it's kind of a flex for the Panthers. Um, I know we're up against it right now, and I think you have some words to say about Rock Auto, don't you? Yes, I do. Rock Auto. Um, And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the other person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com By the way, Special shout out to Rob Niedermeyer, who was on the Ducks championship winning team in 2007. Part of that Florida Panthers lineup as well in 96. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. A lot of a little bit of connection with the Ducks and Panthers, that's for sure. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the perspective of the season for, for the Ducks. Of course, they, they started off um, pretty well. At, there was a point where they were in the top three in the – Pacific, of course, they sold at the deadline some of the some of the contracts that were going to expire. Hampus Lindholm traded to the Boston Bruins. Ricard Raquel traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, the Evgeny Dodonov uh, deal not going through. Um, but with, as you said, with these young kids letting them, you talk about letting them play, and then there and then the growth of these um, players. Where are you at? Where are you at with uh, how are you feeling about the the future of the Anaheim Ducks? I would feel better if Dallas Eakins was not there next season. <laughs> Let's fair. Like that's that's completely honest time. Completely honest time. I mean, his lineups and his adjustments in the game have not been good. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've been more than questionable. And I know that the 2023 draft is super loaded. There is so much talent in that 2023 draft. 
So I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's tanking. I don't know if it's a sign of well we're gonna have Mon for one more year and see where this goes, and maybe not spend all our money yet to try to re-sign these guys later on, right? But I'm still not feeling good just about next season because of what we've seen the previous two seasons. I mean, is it surprising? It's not super surprising because at least Pat Verbeek, our current GM, will finally get like a full year to see what he does. And then he'll kind of just reassess where he's going to go. With that being said... I'm still positive about the Ducks future because there's just such a humongous pipeline of talent on this Anaheim Ducks team. I mean, yes, they lost Ricard Raquel to the Penguins. They lost Hampus Lindholm to the Bruins, and he got re-signed there. They lost Nick Delorier to Minnesota. They lost Josh Manson. People forget they lost Josh Manson to the Colorado Avs. But what they got for them is a slew of young talent. They got Drew Hellison who is currently playing for the San Diego goals. He's looking really good right now. They got a great goalie prospect and Cali Clang. How about that for a goalie name? Clang as a last name. Kind of like it. They got John Moore and they got not one. Uh, I'm just I'm not going to They got six picks. They got mm. six draft picks out of all of those trades, including a first round pick for this season from Boston, who, by the way, have you noticed that Boston They've kind of been slipping through the cracks in the standings a little bit. A little bit. They're they're now a wild card. That mm. pick selection is looking better and better for the Ducks. Especially if Boston is eliminated in the first round, then all of a sudden that pick that could have been 28th all of a sudden becomes what? 24th, 25th. Hey, I'd be fine with that pick. Mm-hmm. If Hampus Lindholm is out, I mean, that that's fine by me. And they also got, I think it was like four second round picks and a third round pick. There's a ton of talent on these next two drafts that I like a lot. Then I look at a lot of the other young talent they have on the team right now. They have Isaac Lundestrom, who's really good. They got Trevor Zegers, who we've talked about. I have to give some respect to Jamie Drysdale. Jamie Drysdale is quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this Ducks team. He just turned 20 over the weekend. He just turned 20, guys. And he's already got 30 points in his age 19 season. And I would say he's quickly becoming a more responsible defenseman and just becoming better offensively. And his skating ability is, bar none, one of the best of the young rookies. So I like him a lot. Then there's also some guy that only played nine games this season for the Ducks, Mason McTavish. People forgot that he started off the season with the Ducks. He made it out of camp to the team, and he was impressive on those nine games. And then former GM Bob Murray, who I kind of ran into recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Awkward>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he decided to bring him back to juniors, which at the time was the right decision. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to see what else Mason McTavish could do in a full season. Hopefully the Ducks get that opportunity next season because McTavish is great. Then you have two other prospects in San Diego in Braden Tracy and someone who also scored a lacrosse goal this season with the goals. Yeah. Jacob Perot. Yeah. Did you know he also scored a a lacrosse goal in Bakersfield? 
earlier this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So the future is bright with this Ducks team. I feel confident. I, I, I still feel confident, but I want to see what happens next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Southern California, when it comes to both of the teams, I mean, it's it's starting to show more with the Kings now um, with their um, being in the playoff. Even though they're slipping a little bit in the standings and Vegas is catching them, uh, Mason McTavish, I mean, even even him in the OHL, what what he what he's doing this season for Hamilton, thirty eight points in twenty two games um, for uh, for for Hamilton this year. I mean, just what, incredible what McTavish is doing. I mean, he's he's been back and forth on loan and and coming back and forth there. So that that's also something that's very encouraging for um, this Anaheim Ducks team. And of course, you have a veteran who in John Gibson now who's been there for a little bit um little bit now and. Now he's 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 that man he's that man in the crease for um, for uh, the Anaheim Ducks and of course um, like you said um, the the new GM for um, the Anaheim Ducks I mean the whole Kyle Beach situation in Chicago um, kind of paved the way for people to speak out on what was going on in Anaheim with Bob Murray as well so it gave an opportunity for a, a more fresh environment for for the Anaheim Ducks for with Pat Verbeek as well now taking the 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 reins and hoping that Bob Murray also gets the help that he needs with with dealing with the alcoholism that yeah. was earlier this season so hope hopefully that Bob Murray is getting the help um and that 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 he needs there but um and hope that it, it's funny because now we talked about the California swing um, for East Coast teams going there how it was a gauntlet it's not so much like that now these days but where la is and um it Anaheim was for about a getting... month this season yeah, say again it was for about a month yeah and and like december no one wanted mm. to go there yeah and and now and now um maybe it might be on its way back i mean san jose uh i think they're the worst out of the three as far as their future with how much they have uh committed to like long-term contracts and veteran players but yep. but the southern california teams they they are with the youth movement that they're having. And I'm seeing right now on cap friendly for the Anaheim Ducks, 41 million in cap space. And uh, I see, I'm seeing uh, um, seven second round picks in the next three years for um, the Ducks. So it could be ammunition for them to make them make a move. <laughs> it's good <laughs> assets to have. Definitely for sure. But JD, I want to thank you for uh, coming yeah. on to this episode of yeah. Lockdown. Can we Florida do, Panthers. can we do predictions really quick? Okay, go for it. Let's do it. I like having fun with predictions. John Gibson needs to rest. He had a bad start last game. I think Stoll Lars is going to get the start. With that being said, Florida is just really powerful. I still have Florida winning this one, but I think it's going to be high scoring. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be five to three Panthers. But I'm predicting Zegris Magic tomorrow. I'm going to say. I'm gonna say six to four. It's gonna be a five-four game um, late, and then the Florida Panthers will get an, an empty net goal. I, I believe Zegers will be one of those goal scorers. Um, Barkoff, um, um, Sam Reinhart, maybe a power play goal. He's had um, half of his power. Um, his goals um, have come on the power play, um, so you can bet uh, that Sam Reinhart is gonna be that. Uh, what I what I've been saying in the last days, like a pest in front of the net. So yeah, he, he learns from. Uh, a guy on on the fourth line, you know, his you know his name is Patrick Hornquist. You know, 
he's kind of a, a, a Stanley Cup champion. He's learned a little bit from him. Um, so a little, <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. Um, but I'm going to say six, four Panthers with an empty net goal at the end. So that's my prediction. So we're both taking the over on this one. Mm-hmm. Over. Bet online. <laughs> and, and it's and it's funny because um last last go round it wasn't it wasn't nearly as much with the with it being a shutout and Spencer Knight's uh first shutout of his NHL career. And that was also the same game that Aaron Eckblad unfortunately went um down with that um leg injury as well. So oh, yeah. um may, maybe we see a different game this time around and hopefully for, for me on my side, a Panthers win. I don't want another three nothing game. <laughs> that wasn't fun mm-hmm. for, at all. I'm sure it wasn't, but uh, JD, uh, for my listeners, tell them where they could uh, find you online. So I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD, in which Armando calls me a traitor. And um, <laughs> my the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a plethora of platforms that are free and available across everywhere pretty much and for my listeners where can everyone find you on the socials and find your work same same thing same places where they can find a locked on ducks anywhere you listen to podcasts apple google spotify youtube um and they can follow me on twitter at monoman 12 and i highly encourage uh people to also follow uh uh jd as he also has a lot of baseball takes too i mean funny enough i'm wearing my miami marlins polo uh, today, so uh, we'll we'll see some some baseball takes as as well as uh, he's visited all thirty parks. So you'll see there there. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are worth the price of admission. I I agree. I have definitely have to see them play in person. But um, anyways, thank you so much, JD, and uh, hope to hope to chat with you soon. Thanks and go Angels because our teams are playing each other this week. <laughs> That's right. They are here in Anaheim. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sarmando Velez with JD Hernandez. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>